Hey friend, welcome back to the Street Cred Podcast, Elijah Delport here. Buying power is a term that is often thrown around, thrown around in the business space, but I feel it's thrown around more than it is understood. Uh, so I want to debunk a common misconception that buying power is about the amount of money that a customer has. Um, but this is simply not true. It, buying power is really about the level of motivation to buy. In this case, a product, a, a piece of clothing, a garment. And I'll use Nike as an example. They've really been able to leverage this idea of buying power to grow into the behemoth, the empire that they have. Being on top, they are the number one streetwear brand in the world. They are the number one fashion brand in the world. Um, and they've the, the reason that they've been able to rise to the top as they have is because they have leveraged a, a high level of buying power from their customers. How have they done this? Let me use the illustration of a personalized number plate. In my region, uh, well, I think the way it works around the world is that personalized number plates are the cheapest with uh, the most amount of characters. So in my region, that is you can have a maximum of seven characters on your number plate. Um, and a minimum of one. Um, and if you buy a personalized number plate, uh, you can expect to be paying 500 Australian dollars. Uh, I th certainly know less than that, uh, which is, you know, it's pretty average. And then there's ma maintenance cost of that. I think there's some sort of yearly cost, but that's sort of irrelevant. But the part I want to speak about is, uh, the part I want to draw attention to is how, Every time you subtract a digit or subtract a character from the number plate, uh, you can expect to be paying progressively more. So for instance, you are going to be paying more for a six character number plate than a seven character number plate, and more for a five character number plate than for a six and a seven, and so on and so forth, all the way to one. Now, the other day I saw a Ferrari drive past with the number plate one. It literally just had the single character one, and it uh, it is the most expensive uh, number plate in my region. And uh, and I've seen uh, after doing a bit of research, their aftermarket value is is greater than sixty thousand dollars for a number plate. And but what occurred to me maybe is obvious, but what occurred to me is that the number plate does not. Uh, is not valued by material or design. In fact, the value of a number plate as valued by material costs is actually less than one of seven characters. Or, or the, the value of a single character number plate is less than one of seven characters. And because if you think about it, you know, if you have, um, there's going to be certain material costs for the different color. And if you're applying more of that different color to the seven characters than the single character, you know, I don't want to get too caught up into it, but I think it's pretty basic to understand that the material costs, if if you're comparing them both, the seven character one is actually valued more. Though this is not reflected in its value or perceived value of the rest of the population of the companies that sell these custom number plates, the registration cost that comes with it. And it's because they're not marketing on the basis of material. They are actually marketing on the basis of identity. And it's to say that there's a certain identity or, or another word for it, status that comes with each progressively less 
number of characters. So if you have a, a, a personalized number plate with a single character, you hold a greater status than someone with seven characters. And this is no different from clothing. You know, it's simply a personalized number plate you wear on a car and a piece of clothing you wear on your body. But it's this, the case is the same. People do not buy clothing for material or design, although it is an important factor in earning the loyalty of customers that they know that there is a quality that come with your garments so that they can wear and rewear and rewear and they aren't disappointed by the quality. That is not why they buy in the first place. It is actually because of identity. What does a piece of clothing speak about uh, someone's identity? This is why um, n particular Nike garments and, and particularly Nike sneakers, um, some Nike sneakers are able to command such a high aftermarket price, aftermarket value. Um, it is because that there is such a perceived uh, value on those products um, that is obviously worth some of the prices that are being paid for it. And again, that is not being paid for on the basis of material costs. And a lot, a big mistake that I see some streetwear brands falling into is that they end up marketing material and design. And I see this through, you know, an excessive amount of product photos or studio shoots. These are all uh, ways in which you can market material and design. Though it doesn't, uh, as I've already listed in examples, it doesn't convey the same level of motivation to buy. It doesn't convey or command the same level of buying power from a customer. Um, and and really, I think it is the desire of of every streetwear brand to convey a higher buying power from their customers because that means they're able to charge more for their garments and they may not want to do that but it means that their their customers are, are more willing to purchase at whatever price you wish to um, li list your products at um, and the way the way that that Nike uh, again to use that example has been able to convey a higher motivation to buy a higher buying power from their customers is through the way that they market you go onto their Instagram page and you will notice they don't have a single promotion on there. They do not for a moment market material or design, although their product come at a, a very high quality. They are marketing a lifestyle, in other words, an identity, which speaks of status. And, and the thing is, any streetwear brand, like the identity does not have to be directly status in terms of amount of money, as the case may be with a personalized number plate. You know, if you have a single character number plate, you obviously have a lot of money and that conveys a high status. But it can, you know, you can have a streetwear brand that is within the, the lifestyle or subculture of coffee for coffee enthusiasts. And the streetwear brand in uh, marketing the identity that comes with a coffee lover will actually convey a high status within that community so that coffee lovers will be attracted to the streetwear brand and recognize it for the identity that it's marketing and understand that in wearing this garment, they are saying to the world, I am a coffee lover. And inside the community of other coffee lovers that they mix with, they're conveying 
um, you know, a certain status that comes with wearing a brand as such. But the only way that can occur is when a streetwear brand is, uh, in fact, marketing that identity over, marketing that identity primarily uh, over the uh, uh, material and design of their products. So I will leave that with you. Do with that as you wish. Um, there is a lot of great resources that I have, particularly my mailing list that I will um, link uh, somewhere. And, and you, look, it's not hard to find. You can find it via www.winkfilms.com. And there I, I post daily 60-second read emails. And there's just a short little tip, free for you, enjoyed by streetwear brands internationally about how you can um, market identity and the importance of marketing identity in uh, building a loyal customer base because loyal customers have a high level of buying power. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, I uh, would really love it if you shared it with a friend or a colleague, someone else who you think would benefit from this. Well, that's all for me. Until next week, bye now.